Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. I'm super interested in your training regiment from, well, let, let me, let me ask it this way. In 2021, you didn't win every nationals. Did you change something from 2021 to 2022 in your training to, I mean, I guess win everything. Is there something that you specifically trained differently than you did the year before? There are a couple of things I've done differently. Um, I think the last couple of years, cause it didn't just start in 2022, right? Like it's been building right. up. Of course. I, like this was a, a phenomenal year for me. Like the chances of this happening again, like, you know, as much as I want it to like a pretty extreme, right. <laughs> and I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen, but you never know. Um, but no, the last couple of years I've been not being as hard on myself when I messed stuff up and kind of analyzing what I did wrong and why it was wrong or why it didn't feel right or why it didn't work. Um, and then coming back in practice and actually working on like just very small aspects of what I'm doing. Uh, and one example of that would be the, my draw, right? Um, the last couple of years I've transitioned when I need to, to a scoop style draw, uh, which averages me about maybe two or three tenths of a second faster if I do it correctly. Um, I don't do it all the time. I only do it when it's a static draw where the only thing between me and shooting the round on target is the start signal, right? There's right. no movement. If there's movement, I'll do a standard draw where I come down and get a whole purchase on the pistol. Um, but these kids like Jacob Hetherington and Mason Lane, the stupid scoop draw, and every single stage, like whether I shot better or not, they were, you know, two or three tenths of a second faster out of the gate, right? So I was playing catch up. I'm like, man, it sucks. <laughs> so I went... And I and no none of us invented the scoop draw that's been around for you know decades. Um, and I've I've seen people use it years and years ago, and I've never it was never important enough for me to focus on something that small until recently, because um, the level of competition is just so tight. Everyone's so darn good. Um, like something like two two tenths of a second on a field course stage matters, where before it it maybe didn't as much. So that's one example of, you know, stuff I've changed. Um, I think, like I said, analyzing when stuff doesn't go right. Like this year, I can count on one hand matches I didn't win. And I learned something from every one of them. <laughs> you learn more uh, what, from the wins or the losses? Oh, losses, I think. Were they big? Think, were they big? Do you still have big breakthroughs at your level? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so this last year, I think my biggest breakthrough was finally being comfortable focusing on what I needed to running the red dot. Cause I've, I've been an iron sight shooter for 21 years, right? Like that's what I've done. That's what I know. And I've shot carry optics. I've shot red dots for several years, but I never really got it. Right. And this last year, two years, I finally realized something I already knew, which is you focus on the target when you have an optic. But I was subconsciously transitioning back to the way I would aim my iron sight gun, right? Where my focus is bouncing between the dot, the, the sight and the target. And I would do it subconsciously, not even aware that I was doing it. And the, the symptom or the, the telltale sign is, at least for me, shooting the red dot felt slow and 
like controlled, <laughs> right? Like right. I can be more accurate because, you know, it's more of a, a definitive point where the bullet's going to go, where, you know, iron sights is more of like sorcery, I guess. Um, you just, you know, look at the site at the, you know, blob in the background and, you know, <laughs> trust that everything's going to work Dang. out. <laughs> And right. you can make the argument for tar target focus with iron sights too, right. but for a red dot, you know, a hundred percent, you should be focused on the target and just realizing that I was doing that subconscious focus shift between dot or between sight and target. It was a, a big breakthrough for me and that right. I could leave my focus on the target. And now I could not only, you know, see bullets appear if, you know, I was close enough for that, but I would get more visual data from the target itself and then just be aware of where the dot was. And I think that was the biggest breakthrough for 2022 for me. The funniest thing is that's such a stupid little ass thing. No, right? it's not. It's not stupid for somebody no, that no, comes with insights. No, no, someone... but I mean, it's such a little <laughs> thing though. It's not yeah. a, it, that's not like for, that is a giant breakthrough, right? That is, it really is. But when you say that out loud, it doesn't seem that hard, right? Until you mm -hmm. actually have to execute it. And then you have to, but to me, you found it. The hardest part is finding it, like understanding that you were doing that. Right. I mean, that's really hard to know that I'm screwing up here, right. At your level too. Cause so you're that terrible at it in your mind and still competitive. Right? right. And then you find it and you're like, that was what it was. So it was just that little thing. And that is such a small thing, but it's a, it's a big, it's a big hurdle. Right. Cause now, I mean, how much did you practice just that? just trying to focus on the target when you were shooting a red dot. Well, once I figured out that's what I was doing still, like I would go to the range and that's all I would focus on. Yep. Right. Like I'd come up with, you know, different drills or different ways to, you know, uh, show myself what I was doing in different ways to, uh, you know, figure out what was better. Right. What, right. what, what didn't. Um, Did you try and, the included dot at all? Did you yeah. try your dot? So and I, I hate shooting like that. Yes. Um, I, so I think the occluded dot is a can be a good training tool. I said the same uh, thing. <laughs> to, 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 to prove to yourself what you're right. doing. What you're doing, yeah. Right, because if you're, like, you can't focus on the dot. And if you do, it's, you know, black. Right. 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 Um, so I think it, it can be a good training tool for that. I think it's kind of a crutch uh, to use in a match because there's so many things that can go wrong yeah. if, you're relying on that right like if you're shooting around a barricade or in an awkward <laughs> position like you're yeah. not always seeing the target right. past the gun with your non-dominant eye and looking right. through the scope with your dominant eye it I doesn't agree. not everything works perfectly so i think it can be a good training tool for that in your scenario that actually the occluded dot would probably be very difficult because you were going back and forth it wasn't just you you weren't always stuck to the dot. You were going back and forth like you were with the iron sights. So that, that would probably be a little bit more difficult to do the occluded because then you're like, wait, I, I just saw it. What happened? <laughs> you know? Well, and, <laughs> and the funny thing is maybe I'm more aware of it that I was doing it uh, without thinking just because my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. Yeah. So I'm not, not able to make that focus shift as fast. Uh. So this is the one instance where maybe age actually taught, taught me a little something to help me out. So, so how, how old are you now? I'm 33. Okay. Oh my God. You don't, you're not even that old, not even that old, but that's awesome. Uh, I, how, how tall are you? Um, six, three. You're yeah. not six. You're, I think you're six, four. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you are, um, you have gazelle abilities. Like your legs are, you never look fast. It pisses me off. 
Like you never look fast and you're really fast. So it's like, I watch you shoot and I feel like I'm running as hard as I can. I'm like, dude, he just walked over there. That's bullshit. <laughs> but I, I, and that was one of the things that I've always talked about in shooting is those are things that you don't get from practice. That's just your ability as physical, right? Your physical, but you're in good shape. Do you work out? I do. Uh, so, and that's another, that's another thing I've done the last couple of years is, is focus more on that and nutrition and kind of get myself where I want to be. Yeah. And that, that plays a huge role too. Like the me three years ago um, at the end of a, a full day of shooting would be pretty tiring, kind of worn out. And I, I wouldn't be shooting as well as I did at the start of the day. Now I'm ready for another 10 stages, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm ready to go, like, let's get it done. Uh, so that plays a huge role. I think uh, it just oh, makes no, it, everything's easier. Everything's easier. I think you're hundred percent on that. So at area five, um, after day one, I shot great. We shot half day. When we got into day two, I had just changed my diet and I didn't eat at area five. Well, okay. no excuse, but I didn't realize how much it really affected my mental. And I've dropped off, like just in the middle of that match, I had like two stages that were just terrible. Like one of them was just, I had one single bullet killed me. But the other one, I was I shot like five rounds. But are, are you are you are you talking about the thirty eight yard hardcover bobber with the no shoot behind it? Yeah, that one. Yeah, did I saw you shoot that. Tell thing. you, did you, I you ever shot tell? it great? I did, and that cost me the that honestly gave cost me the match because the stage before that, I, I shit the bed. Like I I I leaned out on a two pieces of steel that usually fine, right? No, man, I went to war. Like, so I learned a lot at area five, um, not just the physical, but I changed my diet that day or that week, uh, before I got there. And I didn't realize like eating at the match was important. Mm. And cause I used to just not eat because I'm like, no, no, it bogs you down. And, and then I realized I can eat throughout the match. Well, at that point after that, and actually I'll explain the bobber. This, the bobber, I actually trigger prepped, waiting for the bobber come up. And I, before the bobber came up, I pulled the trigger into the no shoot. <laughs> and that's where the no shoot came from. And I was like, I just did that on purpose. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're mad, but you're laughing because you're like, I just did that on purpose. Right. Like I literally you, just you shot did, the You did exactly <laughs> what you intended to do. Yeah. It was just wrong. <laughs> it was just wrong. And I was like, and you were like, dude, you crushed that stage. I, I think I saw you the next day. I said, yeah, no, no. He goes, yeah, I saw the score. He goes, but you murdered that. You transitioned on that long bobbing steel. I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, it just, it just so frustrating. Cause that was a, I shot that stage really well, but it just, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. Right. And, uh, it, you know, it just, and then at that point I just pushed and pushed and pushed cause I knew I was down mm -hmm. and, uh, it got worse. <laughs> so, but I, well, I so, and, that and, day. and that's kind of a whole nother conversation. Like did, how far back were you? How did you know where you were? Did you know what you had to make up? Like, and how much does that play a role in, you know, your thought process there? So I was about, so I'm not going to lie. I never looked at the scores. I, I never, ever looked at the scores. Cause I didn't, it used to bother me a lot. Like it's, I think that's, there's an, there's levels in this sport and, and most of those levels, people think it's the shooting. I think there's more levels to the, to the mental than there is to the actual shooting part. And I mean, I've talked to you every year after every nationals, like I just come up, say hello, usually congratulations. Cause you won. Um, but just, just, I, I try to pick your brain a little bit after everyone, because I, I respect you as a shooter, as a person, you, you, 
you handle yourself really well. It actually makes me laugh when you win. Cause I'm just like, you almost feel, it almost looks like you're like embarrassed or like shy, like, Oh, okay. Thanks. I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> like, and that's just you being humble, right? It, because you're the bad, you're a badass. You're a great shooter, but you're also a good person. So I always come up to you and ask you questions about, I think I ask you way more about mental than I do anything else for sure. And it's just, I always get the same answer, right? It's like it, some of it's experience. Some of it's just, you know, we talk about how I, you know, pushing too hard or whatever. And it's usually that I, so this year, or I guess 2022 was the year that I learned that's the most major matches I've ever shot. Right. I saw you at area eight. I saw you at area five. I had a chance at area eight as well. I had a chance at area five. So those we, are all we, matches. We, we both did. Who beat us at area eight? <laughs> Stupid ass Mason Lane. Stupid guy. Mason. <laughs> Stupid Mason is and his occluded dot. <laughs> so he actually, uh, dude, he shot lights out in the second half of that match. Yeah, um, Mason's a good shooter. He's awesome, dude. He's a great shooter. I I did the same thing. I had a great second. I had basically the the small speed shoot stuff killed me, and right. the reason why is because. But it's okay. They're only 30, 40 point stages. It's no big deal. The problem with that is you guys don't mess up. <laughs> so 30 or 40 point stages turn into 80 points in the middle of the match because it's two of them, or, you know what I mean? It's just a lot of that stuff compounds when, and I learned to not go for the wind. Does that make sense? Like I, oh, yeah. I kept going for, the stage win on those stages. And I'm like, they don't mean a damn thing. If I got right. 39 points or 38 points, okay, uh, I'm going to win the longer stages. Those are my strengths. Like I'm right. better at the bigger field courses or, or the ones where you have to be more aggressive. That's what I'm better at. This, this, the, the stand and shoot stages are fun. I enjoy them. I like speed shoots. I just sometimes get to the point where it's like, I got to win this. No, you don't. And I learned right. that, you know, but Unfortunately, I learned that with a lot of ass whoopings. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not learning them without getting beat. So it's, I'm like wasting years away of my youth of what I have left of it. And, <laughs> um, but I started working out this year as well. So that's why I asked, cause you, you definitely have gotten, not that you were ever fat, but I've, I've looked at a couple of your older videos. Um, I think it was last year to kind of see where, like if I could see something different and you definitely looked much more in shape. Like, like yeah. I said, you were never fat, but it just looked so, like no, you were no, no. I'll, I'll be mean to myself. I was fat. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not then, uh, but the heaviest I've ever been, I want to say is 260. And that was That's pretty years, big for you. Pretty big years ago. You're tall. Uh, yeah. It's still a little, yeah. little chunky. Yeah. Uh, so in 2019, when I signed with Canic, I want to say I weighed 220. And right now I clocked in at right about 190. Nice. So it's, it's, it, like I said, I finish uh, a hard day of shooting and I'm ready to do it again. Right. Like I'm not tired. I'm not exhausted. It lets you focus on stuff. That's more important. Yeah. How many rounds do you shoot at a practice? Are you a high round count guy? Or are you more focused on individual like skill set at the time? Do, or do I look like Eric Raffel? No. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if you can afford Eric Raffel. Good Lord. Those numbers. Come on. I, I mean, I would be a great shooter too. <laughs> That's amazing numbers, dude. That's a hundred over a hundred thousand rounds a year. What he's talking about. Yeah. Eric shoots a lot. Uh, and Eric's a phenomenal shooter, but he Absolutely. also, he puts in the time he puts in the work when it's necessary. Yeah. Um, and he didn't win production national or production world shoot by all that much this year. Like there was, I think a Filipino kid, not too far back from him too. So I will tell you, if you ever listen to his philosophy, um, 
he plays the game, right? Mm -hmm. So he's big about the game. So that's something that I've learned. You know, I talked to you about it, you know, and I try to listen to those guys. You got to learn to play the game. You can't go for a hundred point match win. It's just not, it's not there at the level that we shoot at, right? Like you're, you're lucky if you get a half a point. (laughs) Sometimes, And and, and I don't want to say it's luck because it's not luck, right? There's no such thing as luck when you shoot that many rounds. Um, it's just the work that you put in throughout the year and you don't let that one round affect you in the stage, right? Like your last stage at national production nationals was, can you give the, the, the people that listen just a little like insight of like how that last stage started? Cause you knew it was close, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, and you picked a different <laughs> stage plan, correct? Than Jacob, right? So the weird thing is the stage we ended on for production nationals was the same stage we ended on for limited nationals where I wasn't shooting minor. What? (laughs) (laughs) And so for the limited match, uh, it was, I I think between me and Mason and Saluna at the time uh, on the super squad, but I was also aware that Scott Brown, who was shooting off super squad is going to do very well. Right. Um, but I only had Mason and Sal to kind of gauge myself against. Um, and I went into that stage down a good number of points, like down 20 points or something like that. Right. Oh, that's for, for the limited match, right? For, for limited, limited, right. Yep. And like, I, <laughs> I shot that stage probably as well as I could have. I shot it super aggressively. I did shoot it different. Um, I shot a slightly different stage plan that I came up with, 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 uh, Charlie Perez, he kind of, he's like, Hey, check this out. And he's like, if you come in, in this position and you like smoke the activator really quick for the swinger, then like, you're already in that weird position for that. Then you can just kind of come in here instead of having to like do a full setup. And so there's a little bit of kind of uh, uh, stage planning going on with uh, a buddy of mine. And I did that connected on the activator popper with, I think my second shot, um, but I didn't waste any time doing it. Right. And then shot that array as aggressively as I could did my load, didn't shoot anything really on the move, if I remember right. I was just you know, like random position, like a real aggressive setup on the activator popper, did my load to the front end, um, and then ended, my last shots were on the 35-yard swinger target. Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> like, like I, I, I had to win this stage by a ton, right? Like, right. so I couldn't shoot a whole bunch of extra shots or insurance right. shots, that kind of thing. Uh, I, th- I think I had one extra shot on like one of the steel on the right side, uh, shot everything aggressively, but I didn't fire any extras on like the standalone static paper targets. Right. And the last target, like I shot 35 yard swinger target, I would go bang, bang. And then I'm like prepping for a third mate, like an insurance <laughs> shot and then I, then I don't fire. Right. Oh, you're taking right? a chance. Take a chance. Take me, like I got to risk it for the biscuit. Right. <laughs> but but I also like, I called two good shots on it. Like right. maybe they weren't perfect alphas, but like I was as difficult to target as it was, right. the target was, the target was there. Uh, we go down, I think it was alpha Charlie on the target. So that went well. Won that stage over Mason by like 25, 30 points. So that like got me over Mason, which who now had to push to tie me. And that's a whole nother thing. Right. Uh, and then the funny thing is Scott Brown shot the whole afternoon. Cause we shot in the morning, finished the match, Scott Brown shot in the afternoon and he shot awesome oh. the whole match. Right. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure he has an idea of where he was stacking up against right. us and me. Um, and it was so close between Scott Brown and I, 
if I had fired a makeup shot on that swinger, I would have come in second. That's crazy. It, if I had hit two Charlies instead of Alpha Charlie, I would have come in second. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and obviously there's, you know, a thousand things leading up to that stage, but in the moment, like that was the only thing that mattered. So, so there was a little, a little luck involved, right? Yeah. But you know, you, well, I wouldn't say luck, man. That's just, you called the proper shots. I mean, you called it. You said you didn't not take the shot. Cause you were like, if I take this, I'm going to lose. You didn't right. take it. Cause you didn't need it. So that's not, dude, that's a skill set, brother. You got, I mean, calling your shots is a huge skill set, especially with iron sights, us at 35 yard swingers. That's a skill set in itself, man. So tell them about the one with Jacob. Cause I thought that was interesting. Cause you, you, I mean, he did a little more conservative plan than you, if I remember correctly, that story. So it was a little different with me and Jacob. Um, so the whole last day, uh, Jacob and I were neck and neck and we traded stage wins. Like there were six stages. I'm pretty sure he won three and I won three <laughs> and like I, he would shoot a great stage and then I would, you know, beat him by like half a percent or I would shoot a great stage and he beat me by 2% or like wow. we're back and forth. But we both shot good. Uh, so on the first day of the match, neither of us really shot that great on the second day of the match, we were kind of like up and down inconsistent. And on the third day we both shot well, uh, cause it was a sprint to the finish. And the second to last stage, he shot before I did, and he shot it freaking perfect, right? It was uh, <laughs> like a clamshell and a bobber target with two minis, and you run back like this big V shape. Yeah. And, and like all the mini poppers, he went one for one, super aggressive, like really good points on a crazy risky stage. And, you know, then I'm up I'm like shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> he just, he's turning, you know, just turn, digging it in. <laughs> so, so I shoot the stage uh, as aggressively as I can. Uh, and I, I come up a couple of percent behind Jacob, who just crushed the stage. So I didn't win that stage. He beat me. Um, so going into our last stage, we were basically tied. Like we were within a couple of points of each other. Right. Um, so I, between the two of us, I shot first. So I think I was first or second shooter on the stage. Um, Jake was the very last shooter on the squad. Oh, man. So he got to watch me. He got to watch <laughs> me. Everyone else shoot, come up with the best stage plan possible. Um, I shot the stage pretty similar to how I shot it in limited, just uh, aggressive, had to lay down a good score because it wasn't just Jacob. There were a couple other guys that were right. pretty close to us um, and kind of put the pressure on Jacob. Everything connected, uh, same as limited. It had a really, really solid run. I think I won the stage uh, at the end of the match by like 14% or something like that. Wow. Like it was a, a, a solid win. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but it was a solid stage win. Yeah. Um, and then when Jacob came up, like he had to push, he had to shoot perfect and he just made a couple of mistakes. I think he missed yeah. a reload. Uh, cause it's tough, right? Dude, that guy is very good. So, uh, he's very, very good. And he has a very, um, unconventional shooting style, the way he holds his shoulders and stuff. And so like that, that's why he's, he's definitely a guy that I point at a lot and say, look, it doesn't have to be one way. You know, because that guy loves to move and shoot with iron sights. I'm like, Jesus, he might as well have a red dot on that damn, uh, you know, iron sight gun. He loves to do that. Uh, he's very, very good. And I had a chance to uh, actually sit down and talk to him quite a bit. We, we you know, we all kind of hung out a little bit at the Ipsic, you know, Pan American Games. He's super great. Like, what a great guy that guy is. So, um, 
Yeah, it, it, it's so I, I guess my next question would be because I'm really interested in this you having that much pressure and now obviously you've had countless matches with that kind of pressure knowing Jacob, you know, really, I would just say hammered down on that one stage to where he kind of put the pressure on you. How do you deal with that? Like, do you just not care and go, I got to just shoot this? Or do you like, all right, I just don't want to mess up. Or, I mean, obviously when you're shooting, you're not thinking of that, but it's getting to the line. How do you right. block that? I mean, you definitely care. Uh, if yeah. anybody says they don't, they're, they're yeah. lying to you. <laughs> <Hell yeah>. um, <laughs> so uh, one thing uh, JJ Ricasa said, uh, a couple of years ago and something he'll joke about every once in a while. He's like, all right, time to get nervous. <laughs> right. That's actually so, funny. Like, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> like, you know, um, because in a big match like that, you want to be calm, but at the same time, you want to have enough. Um, you want to shoot the stage like enthusiastically, like right. aggressively. Um, you want to be fired up. You want to rip. <laughs> exactly. You want to be fired up. You want yeah. want to be able, you want to be able to push in those areas where you need to and hold back and be conservative when you don't. Yeah. Um, so it's like all throttle control. You mean like but, playing the game, like we talked about like twenty times already in this podcast. Right. Learning how to manage the damn match, Tom. <laughs> I mean, the the crappy thing is though, at the end of the day, like you can only control you. You can only yep. control your shooting. So. Yep the like all the outside influences all that all that kind of pressure like all you can do is grip the gun <laughs> aim the gun yeah pull the trigger <laughs> yeah if you're not doing those three things you're kind of wasting your energy yeah so yeah it's you versus you 99 of the time so the and i tell people this all the time the only pressure that you have in this sport is what you put on yourself right. because at the end of the day your score doesn't matter it's what i shoot right i mean which is really easy to say, but not easy to do. Right. I mean, but at the end of the day, I can't change your score. I can only change mine, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad. So it's, um, I just, it's always interesting to hear guys like, you know, you, and really you're probably one of the only people I've ever asked that question to, because I mean, you're sitting here telling me like you're under a pressure cooker, you know, like, wow, Jacob just murdered that stage. And I got to come up here and it's not even just like, I got to win the stage. It's, I just don't want, I, I don't want to lose this stage too badly. <laughs> it's almost what the, what the feeling becomes, right? Cause you're like, wow, I don't I go that fast. I'm not going to shoot everything very well. Right. <laughs> you well, have and a much I, calmer style than most people too, because the, I think your athleticism helps you in a lot of ways. Cause you don't, you're just very calm when you shoot. Like you never look like you get in a rush, but you are right. You're shooting fast. Like you're fast but you just so chilled. Like even I've watched a couple of times uh, when you reload, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, is he even trying? Like, it's just like, <laughs> like but sometimes you're, you're just trying to get it. It's not that you're going slow. It's just, you, it's just the way everything flows with you. I just, I, I watch you shoot quite a bit. Um, I remember area uh, was it area eight. I was able to video you and then video me. Um, and I had a, a, an overlay video of both things and I, I won that stage and it was only because you took extra shots at that bobber thing, but I was just like watching, I was just like, how in the hell is he that much closer? How is he that close to my time? I ran as hard as I could. It doesn't even look like he's running. Like, I was like, shit. And I was like, I remember walking off that stage going, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> and then I watched it. It is, like, it is fun watching people like uh like Casey Acebio. 
Oh my you know, god, guy's so fast. Shorter guy, like it looks <laughs> like his pants are on fire, like he's just like out of his mind fast. And and he like he is fast, yeah, right? He's like so he's one fast. of the fastest guys I know, and his yeah. shooting speed is ridiculous. It's crazy. But you compare him to somebody like me or a different body type where yeah. you, they can take longer strides and they utilize that. Yeah. Like it's it, yeah, it definitely plays a factor. Yeah. It's crazy, man. All right, brother. Well, I, I'm really glad I had you on. I, I really wanted to tell everybody a, a lot about you because I don't, unfortunately, I don't think you get the love like you should. Um, you don't go on a lot of podcasts and stuff. I know you don't care, but um, I, I'm, dude, I, you had an amazing year and uh, you should be proud of it. Uh, you really did. I, I was, I watched a lot, unfortunately behind you, but I watched a lot of your wins <laughs> this year, <laughs> but, uh, you're, you're an inspiration, man. It's pretty cool. Like, you know, I like that you, 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 you can tell that you kind of picked it up a little bit in the last couple of years, you know, like you can really see it. Like we talked about a little bit with you working out and stuff. Like it just it, like something clicked. Right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, like well, I mean, there's it, definitely a, a bunch of different things coming together yeah. um, i think that the physical aspect of it is a super important part it's not really that hard though like at the, yeah. the end of the day yeah like dude go for a walk you know uh, a workout routine with weights right yeah. if you if you do yeah. if that's all you do yeah if you just track what you eat eat the correct amount of the right shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pizza. I get only half a pizza. I'm right? good. <laughs> Go for a freaking walk and do a little yeah. bit of weight training. You know, if yeah. you if, if you can do a little bit of that every single day, no big deal. You do five days a week, six days, seven days. How many? How much do you work out? Uh, if I'm doing it how I you know how I want to, I'll go for a walk every day. I'll I'll eat healthy. Maybe not every day, but as good yeah. as I as best I can. Right. Uh, and then I'll do uh, like a quick weight training session. I'll try and do it once a day. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't always work out. Does, do you, does uh, you and Jessica both eat? She's very healthy. You know, she's in pretty good shape. Do you guys work out together? <laughs> do you eat the same kind of foods or is she like, screw you? I can eat pizza and you're a fat ass if you do like, cause that's no, how so, my wife <laughs> so she Jessica, eats she wants. <laughs> yeah. Jessica has the palate of an eight year old. Uh, so <laughs> She could eat chicken tater nuggets. tots and chicken nuggets and tater tots and ketchup and oh, it's ridiculous. That's so, great. That's so great. You know, I cannot. She looks like a chicken nugget tater tot type of girl. She looks oh, like yeah. just she. The, her personality is just like if you mess with me, I'm gonna cut you. So it's like awesome when you say that because she's just simple and but right to the point. You know, she's she's great. She's actually a lot of fun to shoot with. She might not like you, but she's definitely fun to shoot with. <laughs> the first time I ever shot with her is the uh, the year I dropped all my magazines and I ran the stage twice to go pick them all up. <laughs> oh no! And she's in the background. Yeah, run, Tom, run! And I, dude, it was one of my worst and best moments of our sport. Like I, I knew I'd lost that stage. I had zero practice with with production. I, it, I was there kind of to sort a buddy who spent all year training on it. I left the iron, the red dot, like literally a week before. Right. Never even picked up iron sights, and uh, it, it was it was a it was a lot of fun shoot with her. So yeah, man, you you got. Uh, I, I, awesome. I remember seeing video of you shooting that stage, uh, and so doing that, and you never gave up at any point. No. Like Hell you were no. full full intensity. Yeah from one effed up position to the next, yeah. like picking up <laughs> magazines off the ground. Yeah. You can't, that's, that's a real difficult thing to teach yeah. if you even can. Yeah. Um, 
but like you can't ever give up even when everything's going wrong you can't give up i refuse to have a mic i was not leaving that stage with a damn mic there's no listen at that point i was actually starting to get in the swing of shooting the iron sights again like my time the main thing that i have issues with is the timing because with the red dot the grip never changes between that and the 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 iron sights it's just i shoot it so much faster because i can i see it faster Right. I have had so much more time on the red dot versus the the iron sights. So when I'm shooting the the red dot, I mean it's like I see that red and I'm just bang. It's instant and I'm I'm right in the A where I want to be. But when I picked up the iron sights, I was just I wasn't trusting it or I wasn't letting the gun land all the way down. It was just wasn't there. So it was like, and then when I ran and all my mags fell out, I was like, hell no, I'm starting to get this figured out. I'm going back to get, unfortunately, I kept running to empty magazines right. and I had to go around and around and around. I didn't even know where the magazines were. I just had to start finding them on the ground. <laughs> so, you know, but I was like, I refuse to leave here with any penalties, no mics. Uh, I think it was like a 55 second stage. Right. And the best part was at the end of the match, I still wasn't in last place on that stage. Boom. <laughs> I I can't tell you how many times uh, I've seen it where because somebody didn't quit, like yep. they either they either beat their arch nemesis or yeah. won a, or won <laughs> yeah. a huge match. I think it was back in yeah. 2013 or 14. I won uh, the USPSA Multigun Nationals, and Daniel Horner and I were going back and forth. And in this match. Uh, I, I suck at shotgun or did yeah. at the time. Oh, <laughs> that guy's really good at three gun. And this is back when we did the, the quad load, the load four, right? So not like the shh, like, right, like right. John Wick, like you're doing right. like the old school thing. Right. And I literally picked up a dozen shotgun shells off of the ground. <laughs> you don't know what's what, do you? You're just picking up stuff off the ground. That's awesome. <laughs> because I dropped so uh, many shotgun shells yeah. trying to load. Uh, <laughs> and so, somehow by the end of the match daniel and i were neck and neck and i ended to eke out a win but that's awesome you, know, you, you, you can't quit man i actually almost, i forgot this question this is the last one i promise you guys run a local match correct yeah my wife and i uh, okay. run a local uspsa match that so I, i've been really big about i want to talk about this with everybody especially someone at your level because okay. I'm one of the few grandmasters that I know that is trying to be at your level that actually run a match. I don't know a lot of us to do this that at our level, right? And I think the best, usually the best stage builders or the best ROs are us, the guys who are think like we do the way because we think about all the little details that, and that's how usually you win a match anyway. So I'm very interested in your, how much help do you have at your match? Because obviously it's you and Jessica, do you have like a core group of people that you work with? in your area yes um so we're super fortunate and it's it, it's kind of an ebb and flow with the, the volunteers and the help that we have um but we've got a really good group of guys now um we've got steve gonzalez who's another match director local to us um doesn't technically need to help us so the way <laughs> the way our, our local club is set up uh is there are generally two match directors for every match okay and then each pair of match directors is responsible for their event and we have four uspsa matches a month so you know jessica and i are the two match directors for our match which is the second sunday of every of okay. every month gotcha um there are a couple other match directors uh who will help us you know without asking like they're super generous with their time and steve right. gonzalez and maneki samajima are a couple of them um but uh brandon engelbrecht is uh, another local guy who volunteers a heck of a ton and um 
just people like that, like they're, they're super generous and they want to come out and they want to learn because they want to get better too. Right. Like Brandon, he shoots open. He finally has an open gun that works and he just, he wants to, he wants to stage plan better. He wants to help, you know, us design stages and put stuff on the ground and that's cool and, and learn that way. So that is a good way to learn. That's how I learned. I, I learned how to break stages down by building them. And it kind of helped me go through the process of understanding how they work uh, from the ground up, you know, and obviously it also allowed me to understand how ROing works because when you build a stage, you're like, Oh, you can get trapped in here. So you learned how to not to build those kind of things. There's lots of things by building stages that actually makes you a better shooter that most people don't know. But um, how many shooters do you guys have on average every weekend? Like, obviously, maybe you just only know your numbers, but what is your weekend? So for our USPSA match, and we run it once a month, we'll have anywhere between probably 75 and 100 shooters. Damn. So we have a pretty, pretty reasonable turnout. And we'll Saturday usually... Sunday? It's just a Sunday. Just Sunday? Uh, yeah. Our locals are single day events generally, unless it's a special event. Um, and they're all done on four pistol base. <laughs> wow. So Rio Salado is known for, you know, a bunch of you know, high level shooters and all these great matches. Most of our matches, our local matches are held on four pistol bays. That's what we do everything on. Do you guys um, wrote, like do double ba- double stages or do you, yeah. uh, so, so it's like big enough that you have doubles or do you just have one and then change it at lunch and then flip it around kind of thing? Or how do you guys do that? So we'll usually run either four or five stage matches. So it'll either be four huge field course stages or one okay. stage doubled up with like a medium and a short and then three field courses. I got you. So yeah, generally five stages. Nice. Yeah. I, um, so that's Arizona, right? Yes. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Have you, you've lived there for a long time. Have you always lived there? Not, not my whole life, but I've grown up here and I mean, I've lived here for, you know, 28 years. It's been okay. a while. So almost your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> You're not that old Nils. Don't worry, man. You still got time for your whole life. <laughs> you know, I've, I've traveled a lot of places in the, in the, in the U S and overseas and, while they all have their redeeming qualities, I can't think of a place I'd rather live than Arizona. Yeah. I've never been there. I, uh, I've been to Vegas. I've been all around it. I've been <laughs> just never been there. So it's, uh, yeah, I'd like to go. I, I hope to, uh, I was going to go to area two before COVID, but uh, man, that, that was before the insider circle and all that stuff was going on. So like, I couldn't really afford it. That is a very expensive match. Um, just the travel that is a very high price match <laughs> it is yeah i think their entry fee is like 300 bucks something like that yeah and it sells out faster than any nationals ever does <laughs> i was like holy shit so because jessica's like hey i know a guy and i'm just like yeah i just like i think at that time the flight was like a thousand bucks and Ooh. i'm like look it's just a thousand dollars to get there i haven't even ate i haven't got a hotel no rental car no no entry to the match i'm like I love you. I'm out. Like, I just can't do it though. So it's, um, it, it's getting to the point where some of these matches, the match is the cheap part. <laughs> it used to be the right. most expensive part of it all. And now it's well, the cheap part. So the really good thing is, I mean, so this is January 5th, 2023. Right. Uh, the good thing is right now, Southwest airlines has great deals on flights. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm actually getting ready to go to, um, I've got to buy my flight actually, as soon as we get off here to, uh, the shot show, it's going to be my first year going. And, um, I've been having a hard time going through Southwest. The flights there are way more expensive than usual. That's usually the only place I fly is through Southwest. Yeah. Through Southwest, but they're like 700 bucks from there. 
Yeah, so you can't book I, you can't book through them last minute. You got to be yeah. like a month and a half in advance. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was last minute to even get to go. So um, I, hell, I just filled out my paperwork to go three, four days ago. So hopefully they let me in. <laughs> no, I'm sure you'd be fine. So but no, if this is your first time going to Shot Show, you're gonna love it. There's there's a lot to see. Uh, a lot of people you've only seen at a match here or there will be there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a cool thing. I'm excited, man. It, it's um. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in getting in there this year for, uh, I want, I want to meet the guys. I definitely want to meet everybody at Canic. So I just, you know, shake some hands of everybody who actually, uh, makes the product that I like. So it's, it's pretty cool. So Nils, thank you for coming on, man. I, I really hope people get a chance to really get to know you a little bit more and, um, understand that your accomplishments from the last really two years have been pretty damn amazing. This year was, was pretty unreal. Like you, uh, you crushed it, bro. I appreciate it. I'm going to try and post a little bit more on social media, maybe get my YouTube channel back up and going. And so I know a lot of people, especially overseas, spend a lot of time there and that's where they, they learn most of their techniques is, you know, from videos like that. So I'm going to try and get back to it. You, you definitely should, man. I, I think you make, um, I, I watch you shoot a lot. Uh, well, the little bit that you do post, but then I like kind of baby stalk you in the background when you're shooting sometimes and try not to interrupt you when you're, you're doing your thing. But uh, I watch you shoot quite a bit. There's always something to learn from somebody like you, man. You, you, to me, the mental game, bro. Like your mental game's fire. <laughs> I think you got that figured out, buddy. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> don't forget. So when somebody looks like they got their shit together, most of the time they're just barely getting by. <laughs> but that's how you win a match. But that's all you need is just to get by just, just enough. <laughs> remember half a point and a hundred points is the same victory <laughs> <laughs> no kidding no so this year i mean obviously i mean i'm gonna shoot as many national matches as i can i'm gonna shoot idpa world shoot i'm pretty sure it is this year um and then care optics nationals will be the first big uspsa nationals uh i'll do a quick stint in multi-gun for for uspsa multi-gun nationals and then it'll be iron sights through the end of the year through production nationals. So, yeah, I think I'm actually going to do, um, well, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do IDPA overseas, but I'm definitely doing. No, no. So the IDPA world shoot will be in uh, Talladega, Alabama this year. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, so it might be a challenge to get into since yeah. maybe you don't shoot a ton of IDPA because you, yeah. unless your company sponsors the event, you have to qualify with enough points, okay. which can be complicated, but every three yeah. years their nationals turns into the world championship. My plan is to do some IDPA this year. So I would, um, I would like to do, do some more IDPA. I think there is a, uh, I'd like to try it. I'm, I'm interested in how, how it works. It would be interesting to anytime you put yourself into a challenging spot that you're not used to, I think you get better at, you know, if yeah. you put yourself in those spots where it's accuracy based over speed based, it teaches you your levels of what actually is faster and what's not faster. So like you said, being out of that, that down zero zone <laughs> is not faster, <laughs> even though it feels faster. Right. So, cause like you said, 40 seconds is, and I've actually seen some really good shooters go down by 40 seconds and still sure. win, but obviously at these locals, it's a little bit different, but. Well, I mean, but at a USPSA, like yeah. you can recover from that because you can only lose so many points. Right. There's no limit to the amount <laughs> the of time, time you can yeah, lose. Time on stage. <laughs> yeah. like the, the, <laughs> the sky's the limit. They're like, Tom, go faster. Just keep going, dude. You got this <laughs> an hour later <laughs> when but, you're only shooting four minutes in the whole match anyway. And now you're, you're actually down by 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. But so. now th this uh, 2023 should be a, a fun year. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching people like you. Uh, I mean, you've come a 
heck of a long ways in the last couple of years. I mean, when did you start shooting? It wasn't that long ago. Dude, October this year, well, 2022 has been my four years. I shot four, I've been in this four years. That's crazy. And where'd you, where'd you finish at CO National? I know it wasn't your best performance, Ah, but. 31st. 31st out, so of like, out of like 70 grand masters. Yeah, I, I, know, I know, but it's funny because I went back and kind of analyzed. It was definitely my worst match I've ever shot. Like by far, even worse yeah. than when I first started. Cause at least when I first started, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Um, <laughs> um, in this scenario, um, instead of being upset or pissed or, you know, getting really upset, I kind of just, I learned a lot on match management, not just shooting wise, but also, before I get to the match. So the biggest mistake I ever made was I shot. Well, I basically went to every match you went, which was every single two weeks we were on a trip. Right. Right. And it was like, which is fine normally, but then I did a match right before carry optics and I never gave my body a rest, my mental arrest. I went every single weekend uh, before carry optics nationals to a major match. Hmm. And when I got to carry optics nationals, my, I just, I died out. I just, I was done. I had no mental, no physical. And then I would have like some really good stages. I'm like, yeah, all right, we got it. I've, I've got it. Fi-. Nope. I didn't have it. it. It just, everything, all the fundamentals kind of fell apart. And, and I realized where that fundamental was. It was all vision. I just, I was not leading with my eyes. I was leading with the gun. Uh, I went into carry out. I went into open nationals directly after that. And I had 50 or 60 makeup shots. Wow. I had the same exact score that JJ and Christian had and Aaron, I had their exact hits. I was like, hell yeah, I was accurate. And then I was like 30 seconds slower. Oh, <laughs> I should have just kept those deltas. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't visually shooting. So that's what I focused on before I went to PCC nationals. Um, and I shot that and ended up six overall with no practice, but I only worked on visual with, I think I practiced with like seven or 800 rounds in one day. I just went out and practiced to try to get used to the rifle and the recoil and get back to that, the moving up with it. And I ended up taking, and I had a lot of mics still because I don't practice like I should have, but I was like, wow. You finished so, six overall at PCC nationals with a bunch of mics. That's yeah. Awesome. I had like seven or eight mics. <laughs> yeah. I had a do my last day was, um, if I could have shoot like my last day, I even had a mic on my last day. I won, I think there was what, how many stages are there on, up there? Seven or eight stages on the top three zones, I think. I think there's seven stages. Like that. I won five or six of those stages high overall. Yeah, I I um, I figured some shit out. I really did. I figured out some shit. And, and some of it had to do with the Virginia count stages. I really got, I started like something clicked mentally, like with all the conversations we've had after every nationals, I talked to Mason a couple of times and he's just like, you know, it's funny. Cause I had this conversation with Phil Strader, which he's not, I don't know him at all. Right. Like zero, like he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know who Tom Castro is at all. I, so like we were all sitting in a group and he said, uh, how'd you do? I was like, Whoa, fucking Phil Strader just asked me how I'm doing. And, uh, I said, Oh, I sucked. I got 31st. And, and, and so then I was like, all right, well, I'm brave boy. I said, what, what is it that I'm not doing? What am I missing? Like, you know, I, I feel like I'm good. I'm, I'm fast. I, I practice my ass off. What's going on. He goes, dude, you, your shooting isn't your problem. Look where you place. And I'm thinking 31st is like the end of the world. And he's like, you shot great. <laughs> and he's like, it's your mental. He's like, you just, you need more experience in these bigger matches. And that's when I learned match management. 
right? So from area five to area eight to, to carry optics, completely bombing to open nationals, completely bombing in my opinion, even though I got 21st, but that's just my norm. I seem to always be in the twenties. And then I go to PCC nationals, I get six overall. And I'm like, Oh, something clicked. And then I started realizing that it's, you can't win everything. You're ma- you're managing some of these stages that aren't your strengths. Like I really am not good at counting. <laughs> So Virginia County, the best part for me. So I should just go one, two, three, four, reload one, two, three, four, even if I have to slow down a little bit, right? Instead of trying to win it every time. And I did that at the last day and I won a lot of stages. So it was, um, yeah, man, it's, you know, you learn every time you go to a match, you really do. If you're, if you're trying to win, if you're trying to get better. So I see a lot of the people say, like, I've been placing in the same spot for the last two years. I've been a top 20 shooter every time. Uh, this year, actually at PCC Nationals, I missed twenty the top twenty by one bullet. I shot a no shoot, Mike no shoot. <laughs> I guess it should have been two bullets because I should have made the damn thing up, knowing I hit it. But that, I mean, it was funny. I was like, I think that's what did it for me, Nils. Honestly, when I shot the Mike no shoot, and I left that match at Carry Optics, knowing that if I didn't try to win that stage, I'd been in the top. I think it was going to be in the top 20. I think I would have been like 15th or 16th from one bullet. And that's when I realized at nationals that it's a marathon. It's not one stage, particular one stage, right? Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent true. I've, I've literally won national championships having never won a stage. I think that's a good, I think that's the, I think that's the hardest part of winning, of shooting these mat, these big matches though. You think you have to win stages. Because that's what it, we, it, 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 it helps. Like, oh, if hell you, yes. <laughs> if you've got a, if you've got a gear you can crank into and put, you know, 15, 20% on somebody on a stage that's like your wheelhouse, right. Where yeah. it's your strength and everyone else is just struggling to get by. Right. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but don't expect that to happen every stage. Like right. that's not possible. And if you try for that, the chances <laughs> of a crash and burn performance right. are pretty high. So sometimes like there's a place, there's a time and a place to be super aggressive where like you can take advantage of the skills that you have. And then there's a time to like kind of hang back and be like, all right, I'm just going to get through this stage. I'm going to do what I know I need to do and go to the next one. Did you have a, a specific moment in your shooting career that you kind of like, it just clicked and you're like, all right, I can do this. Was it a specific win that proved it that you can do it? Um, is there something that like you can go back to? So you've been shooting for a long time. See, to me, that's the hardest part for me right now is I'm, I'll be 43 this year. Right. And I got into this sport super late. So I have always been shoot as many rounds as you can go to as many matches as you can. Cause I'm trying to gain 20 years in four. Right. And it has worked very well for me so far, but I don't have the pressure of what you guys have had to go through. You got, you've been shooting against JJ, you know, all I almost said, JJ Nils, like, cause you're that guy now, right? Like you always have been, but nobody really knows that, but uh, you know, you're shooting against those guys all the time. So it's like, it's just normal, right? Even though it's still pressure, it's just normal for you. Now, you know, you're going to go to the match every year and go, all right, cool. I got to get nervous now. Right. <laughs> like, right. like JJ said, time to get nervous now. So is there a moment in your life where either a match that you did where you're like, fuck yeah, I can do this. Like I, I'm, I'm good now. I got this. Um, I can't think of a particular match, but I can give you a couple of scenarios. Uh, so long ago. So I started shooting when I was 12 years old. Right. So back in 2002, I started shooting 
and absolutely sucked. Like my first stage was a Tuesday night steal, which is a, a weekly you know, <laughs> right. steel match we have. Uh, I was shooting a Colt Gold Cup 45 with seven round magazines. And my dad literally followed me around picking empty magazines up off the ground, reloading them and putting them back in mag pouches because yes. I couldn't stop missing. Because I shot the stage in like 86 seconds. Oh my God. And it, it should have taken me, now it would take me like eight. <laughs> That's an 800% uh, right? Or 8,000, whatever. But I mean, so over the years, like when I started out, I was uh, generally pretty quick. Like I wasn't afraid right. to, you know, pull the trigger and, you know, sling bullets downrange. Right. Um, but I never had, or I didn't for a while, I didn't have that ability to just, do what I need to do to make it, make a hit, make right. a shot count to control. Um, it. Yeah. Right. And there was a time where I spent uh, a little over maybe a year, two years. Uh, I shot revolver of all things. Oh, and lesson you learned. Can, <laughs> you, can, you can get away with a lot of stuff shooting a single action style trigger uh, yeah. where there's not a lot of pre-travel and like you can whack the trigger and yeah. the sights will stay relatively close. Right. With the revolver, you've got to have a solid grip. You've got to press the trigger all the way through in order to keep those sights still. So that taught me a lot. Um, and then when I was shooting single stack early on, I happened to shoot against these guys at my local club, like uh, you know Angus Hobdell and Rob Latham and Matt McLaren. And, you know, some guys that don't exactly. These guys are stuff. terrible. Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I would shoot like our regional single stack matches. Um, and I would beat them on like field courses or anything that involved really fast shooting. And my Achilles heel was standard style stages. So anything where that. there was <laughs> anything where there was like strong hand, weak hand or right. like 50 yard standards. Um, and we had a something called Schmidt standards. So every year at our Western State single stack championship, uh, we have uh, it's a multi-string stage, so 50 yards, you have six seconds to shoot, six rounds. Right. Uh, 25 yards, you have six seconds to shoot, <laughs> three, uh, three rounds, reload three rounds, and then at 15, you shoot strong hand only, and at 10, you shoot weak hand only. And I sucked on um, that style stage. So, like, so, so Rob Latham would shoot pretty good for the whole match because you know he's Rob Latham, best pistol shooter ever. Yeah. Uh, and he would dominate these standard style stages and I wouldn't. <laughs> so it pissed me off. I'm like, you know what? I can shoot. Like I've learned how to shoot. Right. So now after, I don't even know how much practice on that kind of, like, that's all I would go to the range and work on. Right. Like I would put a plate rack out. Like it, you'll see a plate rack at 15 yards at a, a local match. Right. Yeah. I'd put my plate rack out at 50 freaking yards. <laughs> yes. Right. Like you can't even see the plate yeah. if you're looking at your sights, yeah. <laughs> and like if, awesome. you know, trying to go one for one on these fifty yard plate racks, right? Uh, and just doing stuff that was so ridiculously hard. Like yeah. I had to get better. I had to learn how to grip the gun and press the trigger correctly. Yeah. I had to understand what an acceptable sight picture looked like at different distances, even if it was a ridiculous, difficult target. Um, so now standard style stages are one of my strengths. Now I'll go to a match and if there's one handed shooting or like a really far target, like I know I can make that shot. Yeah, I might still be nervous about it and I'll be like, you know, freaking out leading up to it. But now it's not something that that holds me back. So now so I go to me. a match like that and, you know, I'll be the guy that wins the standard stage or close to it. And I'm definitely not giving points away. 
So now I can thank Rob Latham for my area five ass whooping <laughs> last stage. Thanks a lot, Rob. <laughs> well, Pretty much, yeah. now I know not to depend on you to screw up on those types of stages. <laughs> well, so, so anytime Max Michelle zeroes a stage, you know, it's hard. So yeah, when he walked away with six mics, I actually was laughing my ass off because I was, I remember people coming up to me and going, oh my God, like he's really shooting like shit. I'm like, has any of you looked at the other stages yet? Because he's killing it. I'm like, what? He had one shitty stage. Right. I was like, God forbid that that guy actually has human blood in him and he can actually shoot like a person and not a machine all the time. He's tough on the standard stages. That guy is an animal on the standard stuff. Like I, I, he's good all the time on everything, but his stand, like he had a reload at nationals this year. Like I remember uh, Phil had a reload. I think it was at carry optics nationals that everybody, like everyone's like, what an amazing reload dude, Max smoked him at that stage. And I was like, so that means Max had a better reload. It just didn't make it on video because <laughs> Phil Strader had one where if you blinked, you didn't see the reload. So I was just like, what he, and even Phil said, he said, the only reason I went as fast as I did was because Max murdered all of us on that stage. And I was like, holy shit. Like I didn't like, you couldn't even see him hit the reload. So it's just, those are the things like that. Like, and I think the biggest thing that I take out of, well, there's a couple of things out of the stuff that you just said. Two things is my path is almost identical to yours. Like I was always faster and learned how to become accurate i learned the fundamentals at speed instead of the fundamentals really slow and then hope to god i went faster so it was really interesting that we we're taking we i'm taking the same path that you are in that aspect so and i think that's helped me speed through a lot of my my woes as a you know as a shooter and the other thing is is fundamentals exactly the things that you just talked about are exactly the things that I've gone back to at the end of this year that I've, I think is like the visual visual is such a, is such a fundamental thing that we don't pay attention to. Like when I warm up now, I actually focus on moving my eyes <laughs> really fast to wake up my brain, right? Like we do nothing in life this fast. So when you like go to the safe table and you just put your gun in your holster and you walk to the, to the line and they go beep, you're supposed to do a half a second draw. It doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so it's like, those are things that I've changed uh, a lot. Like I've really focused a lot more on my, on the fundamentals, right? Like, cause I think at the end of the day, when you start to struggle, if you go back to that, it doesn't matter how fast or slow you are. You're going to go right back to doing better. And then the confidence builds back up and then your shooting picks up and then it's pretty easy after that. So yeah. not always yeah. easier done, but easier, no. you know, it's yeah. not always easier done, easy to have that happen, but it's, that is the answer. If anybody wants it. <laughs> yeah. It's, at the end of the day, it's, it's the fundamentals applied properly, you know, yeah. quickly. Uh, that's all we're doing. And if, if you forget or get relaxed on, you know, one of those three things, whether it's grip, trigger, or sights, uh, yeah. things can go awry pretty quick. Yeah. But, I'm, no, I'm in, glad in, to hear that. I'm glad in, you said it, that. Yeah. In practice for me, that's always been a cornerstone. Like my practices aren't very elaborate. Like it'll be, you know, two or three targets. If that it'll be, I'll work on, you know, movements and transitions and things like that. Um, but as far as like draws and reloads that like the gun mechanic stuff, you can work on all that and dry fire for free. Yep, I agree. So, and I hate dry fire, but if you're actually going to work on that kind of stuff and get better and learn a skill, it's yep. way better to do it in dry fire first, especially, and then yep. put it on the clock with bullets down range. Um, if so you, you do everything at the range, if you do everything at the range, like it's, it's hard to, 
to fine tune some of those finer mechanics of the gun. You prefer to shoot over dry fire? Oh yeah, it's way more fun. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I know <laughs> I you'd be surprised how many people like the other way. Like they like to shoot, don't get me wrong, but they feel like dry fire is the is where they really gain where they make their most gains. And in my, I'm the other way I, I gain everything. I have had my major breakthroughs have been on the range shooting, um, even dry firing on the range, right? You don't have, just cause you're at the range doesn't mean you have right. to shoot constantly. Sometimes yeah. it's good to actually, that's what I do with my students a lot. I either take their bullets away. That's what I start with. And then I take their gun away because if we're working on movement, what the hell are you looking at the target for? Uh, you know, those like things like that. So sometimes the gun is a negative. I, I have taken people's gut targets and put them on the ground and made them shoot into the berm because they were so focused on the results of the target instead of what we were actually working on, right? Like the right. entry, staying square, how you're entering with your feet, how you're exiting. So, so a lot of the times the, I'll say dry fire, but the gun is fun, right? Like you lose people when you start taking bullets away. So a lot of the times I go, okay, cool. You can have your gun, but you're not going to get to have a target to shoot. I just shoot into the dirt and amazing how their footwork gets instantly better. It's like, Hey, isn't right. that interesting how you're actually focusing on the drill and not that stupid piece of paper down there. That's not even scored. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're not even scoring that dumb thing. So it's, um, doesn't, I'm glad you said that too. Cause I'm big on the, I really think that you should spend as much time live fire as you can. I, I see way too many people that will go two, three months of dry fire, never go to the range. And then they've built in three months of really shitty habits and, and then completely have to go start all over again when they go to the range. Well, so the hard thing with dry fire is it's, it's difficult to keep yourself accountable for everything you're supposed to do. So it's easy to get uh, relaxed with your grip because you're not going to grip the gun if you're doing dry fire as fast as humanly possible, you're right. not going to grip the gun as if you're holding it and controlling recoil when it's firing. Right. So if you're doing, if you're gripping the gun differently in dry fire, that's doing you a disservice when you go and put bullets <laughs> in the gun. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing, like you can't, you can't cheat a sight picture in live fire because you know exactly where the bullet went. You can cheat a sight picture in dry fire. So if you're allowing yourself to get sloppy and cheating <laughs> your visual and dry yeah. fire, you're doing yourself a disservice when you put bolts in the gun. So I think you have to do both. Um, again, I think dry fire is boring as hell. Yes. <laughs> uh, but if you're working on a specific skill, especially like gun mechanics, if you're working on a reload technique or you're working on a draw technique, especially a draw technique, you probably want to like accidentally pull the trigger with no bullets <laughs> in the gun and then with bullets in the gun. <laughs> um, awesome. But that kind of thing and movement too, like you can do all that kind of stuff without yeah. firing a single round. Yeah. And I get that there's a huge cost ex like expenditure uh, component to, to even nine millimeter, right? Like a thousand rounds of factory nine mil, even now 270 bucks yep. for, you know, for average nine millimeter. Yep. So it's definitely expensive and dry fire can alleviate that to a degree. Yeah. All right, man. Last question uh, about the canic. Are you switching to the steel, bro? You know, you I'm, I'm excited. Frame. I'm, I'm genuinely excited about the steel frame. Um, I don't think it's so the extra weight makes it allows you to get more relaxed when you shoot, right? It doesn't make you shoot faster. It allows you to get away with more. So I, I think there are pros and cons to the extra weight. Um, I think it in general helps with accuracy because the gun settles on target more consistently. Um, but there's more weight to transition from target to target, right? Um, with that, that being said, I think the general consensus is more weight is better. Uh, do I think 59 ounces is, you know, 
perfect probably not is that um, what it is is it 59 no, ounces? no that's the max weight limit for production right, 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 yeah, yeah, that's great it's like you're going uh, the no <laughs> no from, from the factory they're gonna weigh 42 ounces so what is the um, do you know which, what the rival weight is now without 30, ounce. so, 30 ounces so it's a 12 ounce uh increase all in that's a lot actually ounce. for that's a lot for the same pistol actually that's a lot actually. it is it is and the fact that we're going to MSRP these for you know under nine hundred bucks for the black one, that's pretty uh, awesome. There's not uh, there's not a gun on the market that can compete with that price with everything that we put in the gun. So it's has anything else so, changed? Should be a good time. Has anything changed with the? Uh, well, we can wait. I'll, I'll, I'll wait to. I'm gonna when I come to Shot Show, I want to do a whole thing on it. Like I, I want to start doing a little more reviews on that. This is one of the reasons why I haven't touched the grip on this. Um, because, uh, you know, I usually put the tungsten carbide on it. I, you know, I kind of like a little stickier grip. Um, that's, I'm, I want to do a review on the rival versus the TP nine SFX, um, because just a few changes they have, I think, especially competition wise, I just, I, I want to gear a little bit more towards the, the, the gear stuff a little bit. Cause I think a lot of people piss away a shit ton of money because they go to the range and everyone's shooting a specific heavy gun. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, the right. other thing about the steel gun is and to answer anybody's question in case you truly want my opinion about it is i don't know if i'm going to switch because i switched from a steel gun that was extremely heavy to the canic so i would remember to grip the gun <laughs> that was the number one reason i changed the pistol was because i was getting really lazy with the heavier gun and then when i got into the rival for a couple of weeks i was like this gun is amazing then, or I, when I got into TP9 SFX, then I put the better trigger in it and it was over. I, I was like, I'm never going back. So now I'm like, if I go to a heavier gun with exactly everything I like, am I going to be lazy again? So it's funny though, like you said, it's, it, it's more forgiving, but it also makes you lazy, <laughs> right? Well, it's it's so like the it, government check in the mail, bro. It's coming, <laughs> so but it, I don't it, actually it, have to work can, for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be more forgiving. It can yeah. make, you know, like little mistakes here and there not as costly uh but i mean this right here is you know <laughs> yeah. so this this is all i've done to my gun right so right. i've got the the tungsten guide rod like you because i adjust the spring weight yep um as far as the grip goes factory trigger polymer backstrap yeah you still wear that so, thing so my, <laughs> my grip my grip is actually stock and the weird <laughs> The weird thing is for my production gun, so uh, iron sights, I I do have the weighted backstrap. Really? And and I so for carry optics this year, um, I left the polymer backstrap on just because I like the way the dot track better with that weight distribution. So, That's cool. Uh, yeah, I remember us talking about that because actually at area, what was that? Area five. We sat down and that was the first time that I actually got to hold the canic in my hand at the safe table. And it was funny because, dude, you were sponsored by them. You are their man. And you still had a TP9 SFX as a backup gun. And I was dying laughing. I was like, what? And you're like, dude, I just know this gun works. <laughs> and, like, and I was like, so you're, and I was like, and then buying the rival and having the TP9 SFX in my hand, I'm like, damn, these are almost identical. Like they're the few changes that you made to me on the rival were worth the purchase. But the TP9 SFX, I'm like, you guys just made this gun perfect. 
right? That was the only, and that thing didn't need much work. So I was really surprised. Like, I was like, no, I don't need to arrival. This one's great. Like, what? I don't need to change. And then I was like, I'm buying one. After I picked yours up, I'm like, I'm getting it. I think I ordered it the very next day. That's awesome. I was like, I was like damn it, Nils. I hate you. You make me spend money. <laughs> it, it is funny that, you know, people like you and me are still running the factory trigger on these rivals, though. I it don't is. understand why you would, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I've never felt the other ones, but I don't know if I care to because this thing runs, it just really works. So, um, I, again, it's, I don't, I mean, dude, it's like a fraction of a hair as it is now. So, and I, I also like a little, um, stiffer trigger so I can trigger prep. Cause I'm real big about, I really hold the wall, uh, pretty aggressive on my steel. It's, it's kind of where I gain some of my speed. I think over some others is because I can shoot slower. I just, I'm on it sooner before a lot of other people. So that's just kind of my philosophy is to shoot sooner, not faster. I learned exactly those three things that you kept talking about. I, I have two rules. Number one, what gives you permission to, to pull the trigger is their sights. What gives you rule number two is what gives you permission to exit, leave the target, move or reload is pull the trigger. So if your sights are on the target and you haven't pulled the trigger, what the hell are you waiting for? If you've pulled the trigger and you're still on the target, what the hell are you waiting for? Pretty simple, right? It's really easy to break those rules though. <laughs> It is. It is. And as far as getting, as far as getting lazy with the heavy gun, like that's all grip, right? Like hundred percent. You feel like, you feel like yeah. the gun does a whole bunch of the work for you. And then you end up trying to, you know, give away your control. Right. I, uh, I go back um, and watch videos of the, of the plastic gun, right? Like, cause I'm holding the, the, the rival and the gun's just going, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing my job. And then I go back and watch my, uh, the gun I used to shoot was a shadow two, And the gun's going, whoom, whoom, and I'm going, Oh, I didn't hold that gun. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you said, go back to the fundamentals. You yep. always go back to the fundamentals. So yeah. Grip sights, trigger press, yep. but no, we're Pretty super simple. excited about, we're super excited about the, the Canic rival S our steel frame. That's going to be super fun. So yeah, swing by our booth at shot show and we'll do a review. But do you remember the booth number? I don't off the top of my head. I could you don't need to know. It, but... Just go where the big sign says Canic on it. That's it. It's that Sorry. simple. So I'll, I'll get you the number when uh, I'll get you the number because this is probably going to go out uh, actually either during SHOT Show or right before SHOT Show. So everybody get a chance to come out, but it'll get out there before that. And uh, Nils, man, thank you so much for coming on, brother. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I got to learn a lot more about you and I actually thought I knew a lot about you. <laughs> okay. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I will see you at SHOT Show. Appreciate you, brother. All right, guys. If you have any questions, hit me up in those comments and we'll see you on the range.